Okay, take your Bibles, turn to Colossians chapter 1, please. Colossians chapter 1. Today, I'm going to give you part three of a two-part series that we started a few weeks ago. So if you didn't catch that, this is part three. It's a little extra here. We've moved from a prayer of Paul in Philippians to a prayer of Paul in Colossians. And so this will be our last. This kind of captured my attention uh, as I was reading my Bible one day, and I just want to share it with you. In fact, uh, the introduction I gave you a few weeks ago, we talked about the first prayer. We use the same introduction. I was just reading my Bible, and I saw this prayer that Paul was praying for the church. I thought, what a wonderful prayer that uh, you ought to be praying for yourself, and I ought to be praying for you, and you ought to be praying for me. These, uh, these prayer requests are written here in the Scriptures for us. And so, uh, once again, we're going to see four prayer requests uh, given by Paul as he prays for the church in Colossae. Uh, they're all separated by semicolons again, so it makes it pretty easy for us to, to kind of digest and, and break down. And so I'm going to try to, uh, as we break this down, hope this will be a help to you. Uh, and in fact, it's similar to what we're going to do in our small groups. In a few weeks, uh, next week, I guess, we're going to take a passage of Scripture in small group, and we're going to study it together. It's going to take a passage, walk through it, break it down, just like we are trying to encourage all of our people to do, to be a student of the Word of God, study the Bible on your own. And we're going to show some uh, different techniques and ideas of how to break down the Bible. The Bible is not an easy book to understand completely. I think it's a relatively easy book to, to get the big picture. <laughs> I'm a sinner. Jesus is Savior. Uh, the, the big picture is pretty clear, but the minute details of how to live a life that's pleasing to God, you'll study all your life and never scratch the surface of that. And so we want to help our folks in small group uh, do that. So if you're not involved in a small group, I really encourage you to be part of that. Uh, try to figure out a time where you can get together with some people. But here in Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 and 12, we're going to break this down real quick here and uh, hope it'll be a help to you. Let's have a word of prayer and we'll get into the scriptures. Lord, we're thankful for the opportunity to come. I pray that your word would become alive in our hearts right now. Help us to put aside the distractions that are out there uh, in our mind and even uh, externally. Lord, I pray you put those things aside and that we might pick up on something today that would help us to be more like you and to please you with our life. In your name we pray. Amen. Colossians chapter 1 will begin in verse number 9. The Bible says this, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, did not cease to pray for you and to desire. So here's their prayer and their desire for the church of Colossae, that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. There's a semicolon. The next prayer request, strengthen with all might according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness, semicolon. Next thing, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Also, several things here that Paul is praying. Number one, he's praying that we would know God's will, that we would know God's will. The number one question that I was asked as a youth pastor for a number of years, the number one question asked at camps of any speaker is, how do you know the will of God for your life? And Paul's saying, I'm just praying that you would know the will of God, that each of you, I look at these young, these, uh, young kids, we pray that you'll get saved at a young age, that you'll know the will of God for your life, that you'll follow God's will. God's specific will is different. Uh, most of your parents... Unless your yeomans are not pastors. 
all right? So you, that's a different calling. But your parents are still called by God and have, there's a will of God for your parents, just like there's a will of God for Pastor Yeomans. And you need to figure out and find out and obey the will of God for your life just as much as we do. And so that he's praying that you may know the will of God. One preacher who preaches out often, when asked this question, he says, I'll gladly pray for you. Let me ask you a question. How's your devotional life? He said, most often I get this response. Well, you know, it's not bad, but it's not what it should be. And he says very clearly and plainly, then you will never know the will of God for your life. You can pray all you want about, I want to know the will of God, but until you're walking with the Lord, you will not know the will of God. Pastor McLean, who runs the camp in this area, uh, he answers that question sometimes this way. He says, okay, great, let's pray about that. If you knew exactly what the God's will is for your life, would you guarantee me that you would do it no matter what it was? If it was to be a missionary in Africa, would you do it? Most often the answer is, I just don't know that. And Pastor McLean says to him very clearly, then you probably will never know the will of God. Until you surrender all to God and say, God, I want whatever you want for me. I'll be glad to obey whatever it is. You won't know the will of God. And really, knowing the specific will of God for your life comes from following God's general will for your life. And so when Paul prays about, I want you to know the will of God, I don't even know if he's talking about, like, be a missionary, be a pastor, be a mechanic, be a truck driver. I don't think he's talking about that. He's just saying, just know what God wants you to do today. How to live your life today and obey God today. So knowing God's specific will comes from knowing God's general will, doing God's general will in your life. Then he says this. I like the way this is worded here in our passage at the end of verse number 9. Fill with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. He's praying that they would have spiritual understanding. The idea of that word is to mentally put things together. To put, you know, have you ever been in school, remember back in school, like maybe you're learning something, maybe it's algebra, and you're thinking, I'm here in math class, why we have letters? We don't need letters in math class. Give me numbers. And all of a sudden, they introduce letters into math class. And you're like, I don't get it. And then all of a sudden, it clicks for you. Right? Remember those moments where you can't, things are starting to click for me. I'm a big uh, sports fan, and I love watching sports. And I've, I love watching rookies come into the league and, and see them struggle and struggle and struggle, and then all of a sudden it just clicks for them. And Paul's saying, I'm praying that it will start to click for you spiritually, that you'll have spiritual understanding. See, we all have areas that come natural for us and areas that don't come natural. So for me, numbers come natural. I, uh, I, I do the accounting here at the church. Numbers have always come natural for me. It's been part of who I am. Music does not. I have no idea. I hear them up here and say, Let, let's drop that down a half an octave or let's, let's move that note to here. Let's, 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 let's decrescendo and crescendo. And I don't know what that means. I, I have no idea. These are just terms I picked up over the years. And, and so I don't know. And sometimes... Let me ask this question. How many of you can sing a part? <laughs> Blair, you cannot. All right. <laughs> he, can, he can sing very far apart, but he can't sing a part. All right. All right. I cannot sing a part. I mean, I, I can sing a part if I stand next to somebody who's singing loud and singing a part, and I can follow them. Uh, I'm a follower, not a leader when it comes to music. Sometimes in my head, I sing this part. It sounds so good in my head. It's really not a part. It's just random notes that I'm putting together in my head. And But some of you can, like, you hear the part. It just comes natural to you. That's not me. And Paul's saying that I'm praying that as you grow and develop, the things of the spiritual life become 
start to click for you. That you'll have spirit, you'll start to put all these things together. Let me ask you, how is your spiritual understanding? Are you starting to connect the dots and how things work together? And they, our small groups were really walking through the spiritual disciplines. And the, the idea is that, that no matter what level you are in your Christian life, that the dots will connect and, and spiritual understanding will awaken in your life and you'll walk more with Jesus Christ. And so this idea, he's praying that you would know the will of God and have spiritual understanding. Look now at the next verse. The next prayer request in verse number 10, that you may walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Uh, that he, he's praying that they would walk worthy. Walk worthy. That is the idea of your actions are appropriate for who you're following. Your actions are appropriate. You're behaving yourself like a child of God. We have two daughters, and our house, we had some house rules. And our house rules was different than others' rules. So Allison's here, Allison and, and my girls, the Stones and the Hollands kind of grew up together a little bit. And we had a lot of similar rules, but there's some different rules that we had in our houses. Like we had different things that we did that they didn't do. It didn't matter what the Stones were doing. And I'm not sure if it ever happened in your house, but sometimes in my house they say, well, the Stones can do that. And I said, well, you're not a Stone. You're a Holland. And the Hollands have rules, and this is our rules. And there are some things where I think if I compare them evenly, maybe my rule was a little bit more lenient. In other ways, maybe their rule. didn't matter. I didn't really care. I had an answer from my family. I said, you need to act like a Holland. Now you act like a Johnson, I guess, and that's too bad. But, <laughs> but as a Holland growing up, I said, this is our rules. And we wanted them to behave themselves appropriate for our family, right? Even as a member of Bible Baptist Church, there's some uh, a behavior that would be inappropriate for a member of Bible Baptist Church. But more importantly, about if you're a member of Bible Baptist Church or a member of the Holland family or whatever, are you a child of God? He's saying, I was praying that you would just walk worthy of that title. You'd walk, you, you're a Christian. You're carrying the name of Christ to your workplace. And your school, hey kids, when you go to school, you carry the name of Jesus Christ to school. I don't care if you go to a Christian school or a public school, you carry the name of Jesus Christ. And some of you who are homeschooled, someday you'll go get a job. And, and my girls' first jobs were at that famous place in St. Thomas. They're all kids get their first job. Tim Hortons, right? And they went out there, and I, and I hope and pray that they carried the name of Jesus Christ at Tim Hortons. Will you walk worthy? And he says being fruitful in every good work. I'm not going to take time. We kind of broke that down in the last prayer. Same, same crossover from last time we talked in Philippians about being fruitful in, every, in all of our good work, showing the signs of Jesus Christ. But he prays that they would walk worthy. Number three, look at now the next verse. Verse 11. Strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long sufferings with joyfulness. He prays that they would walk worthy, that they would know God's will, that they would stay strong. Stay strong. Don't get weak. We need, we need strong Christians. And he's praying, oh, church in Colossae, stay strong, strengthen with all might. The word strengthened and the word might there are from the Greek word where we get our English word dynamite. It's powerful. It's explosive. And he's praying that they would have great strength. And I want to kind of illustrate this to you or help you understand that. And so when I was thinking of strong, when I was thinking of, you know, that, that strength, I thought one person came to mind. 
So Drew, I asked Drew if he'd come up and help me. Drew Thomas here. Drew is a young man, just started playing football. He's been working out. I need a strong guy. Actually, I asked four other guys first, and Drew was the only one. That, no, no. All right, Drew's going to help me out. All right. So I brought here a weight. This is nothing compared to the weight that Drew usually carries, but this is all right. So this is an eight-pound weight. Do you think you can handle that, Drew? You better be able to. If you're not, this illustration can be that. So I want you to take that. I want you to lift it up over top of your head and hold it there. All right. Just for a minute. Not going to be too long. Don't worry. All right. So the idea of the word here, it says that we should be strengthened to be, for endurance, to have weight over us. The idea there in the Bible word patience means to abide under. Right now, Drew is illustrating the word patience, abiding under a weight. So when you have a weight on you, you have a problem, you have a concern, you have a heaviness, and you abide under that faithfully, that's staying strong. You're showing strength with patience, abiding under. Then the Bible uses the word long-suffering, with patience and long-suffering. So this is abiding under. This is, this is patience. Long-suffering is if I stood up here and talked for another hour, and I made Drew hold that for another hour. What I think would happen, if, as, the longer I talked the lower the weight would get, right? So it's not the, he- the, the, that's not a heavy weight for you, is it? Come on. All right. That's not, a, it's not a heavy weight. Sometimes it's not the, the heaviness of the weight, it's the length of time you got to bear it, right? Right? And so this is the illustration of patience, abiding under. <laughs> the illustration of long suffering is to stand here and do this for an hour, after hour, after hour, after hour, after hour. I'm not going to make you do that. You can, you can go sit down. Thank you. All right, that's patience and long-suffering. Now, here's the deal. I'm going to trip on that. (laughs) Uh, So long-suffering is to do it for a long time. And so I want to encourage you with this. Sometimes it's not the weight that you're going through. It's the length of time you have to bear it. It's just day after day after day, the same weight. You pick it up. You carry it. You go to bed with it, you wake up in the morning, you pick it up, and you carry it. And Paul's saying, I'm praying for you, church, that the weight that God brings into your life and allows you to bear, that you'll have patience, be able to hold, abide under it over a long period of time and not give up. That's strength with patience, with endurance through time. And he says, I, I want to pray this, that you'd have this strength with patience and endurance, but also with joy. With joyfulness, to be able to do all that and not complain about it. And just, I've met some people that can do this. And I, I tell you what, I look at them and I think they do it way better than I do. They abide under a great stress with joy. And I can name names and we have people in our church and people outside of our church that have abided with joy. It takes great strength to endure with joy. It comes only, according to look at the verse, it comes through his glorious power. It's through Jesus Christ that we can endure with long-suffering and joyfulness. And that's why Paul prayed for the church. You can't just muster up enough to keep... Because sometimes the weight of this life gets heavy on you. But in God's glorious power, you can abide under with patience and long-suffering. So he prays that they stay strong. Last thing. He says they're giving thanks. Giving thanks. Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Giving thanks. Is giving thanks part of your prayer time? It ought to be. 
Do we rush into prayer time, just give me, give me, I need this, I need this, they need this, they need this. Or is there giving of thanks involved? That would be very, that would be full of thanks. Part of your time and your prayer list. It says it comes because of our relationship with the Father. Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers. The Father's made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance. Now, what does that mean? Make us meet. Well, here's how, this is what it means. My daughter is here in the back, Nikki. Nikki is a dual citizen. She is a citizen of the United States and Canada. Nikki's never lived in the United States. She visited the United States. She's not planning on going back to the United States, but she has dual citizenship for one reason and one reason only, her relationship to me. That's it. Not her mother. Her mother gave her nothing. <laughs> She's in the nursery. I can say whatever I want. She's in the nursery today. So. <laughs> I gave Nikki everything that she has. My wife's a Canadian citizen. Nikki was born in Canada. By her birth, she's Canadian. But by her relationship to me, she ha- she's meet, she's qualified for U.S. citizenship. So without her relationship to me, there is no U.S. citizenship. She had to go through all the paperwork and all that stuff. But just because she related to me, boom, she gets both, right? That's, a, that's about God, the Father, has made you qualified to receive the inheritance. It's only because your relationship with the Father has nothing to do with you. It has all to do with your relationship to Him. He says, but because you're related to Him, you get the inheritance. And here's the inheritance you get according to uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. Inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that faith not away, reserved in heaven for you. This life may be heavy. You may have trials. You may have troubles. But Paul says, I'm praying for you that you'll give thanks, realizing that your relationship with the Father has made it meet that you'll have the inheritance someday. So he said, I'm, I'm praying for you, church. I love you, church. I think about you. And when I think about you, here's my prayer. Here's my desire. I'm praying that you will know the will of God just today. Just know God's will today. The big things always take care of themselves when you take care of the little things. When you do God's will every day, and you search for God every day, and you seek God every day, you'll know who to marry, where to go, what to do. Those things will take care of themselves as you walk with the Lord. You can't walk with the Lord and be out of God's will, right? If you're walking with God, is God going to walk you out of his will? No. You're going to walk with God right through his will all the way to the day that you die. He's praying that they'll walk worthy that he bears, we bear the name of Jesus Christ, that we stay strong, enduring under that weight and abiding with strength, that we may give thanks for the inheritance that we have because of our relationship. Paul's prayer for the Colossians is the same as our prayer for you, will be your prayer for yourself. This is our New Year's prayer, that we might know God's will, stay strong, and uh, be thankful for the inheritance that we have. Would you bow your head and close your eyes, no one looking around. Paul's prayer is pretty, pretty clear. It becomes clearer as we study words and we study phrases and we put things together. It becomes more clear to us. So let me encourage you to add some things to your prayer list. Lord, help me to know your will today. 
Help me to see things the way you see it. Let me talk to the people that I should talk to. Let me know your will. Help me to start uh, connecting the dots in my spiritual life and putting these things together and have this uh, make sense to me more. Help me to know your will and have spiritual understanding. Lord, help, help me to walk worthy. Help me to bear the name of Jesus Christ and be worthy of that today. Help me not to say the wrong thing and do the wrong thing that would be an embarrassment or a shame to you today. Lord, help me to stay strong. i got some burdens I'm picking up again and carrying. I'm trying to cast those at your feet. and I don't, I don't want to carry them, but it's still part of my life. And I pray that you give me endurance and patience with joy today as I go through that. And Lord, I am thankful that because of my relationship with you, I'll enjoy an inheritance someday. Thank you, Lord, for loving me and giving me this great inheritance. Would you add those things to your prayer list this week? And then go out and walk worthy and be strong and do the will of God. Heavenly Father, I'm thankful for our time together. I pray that you would help us to apply now truths that we've learned uh, from your word. Very clear, very simple, very plain. But help us to live it now as we go our separate ways. In your precious name we pray. Amen.